You're listening to the People's Podcast. And we swagger when we walk, because by God, we can. This is JSC Radio. You know what's frustrating about you? I get you here, and I'm so glad to have you here. And then they do this, and I got to condense my life history into a minute. You've got a golf tournament. That's a little strange, isn't yes, it? Yes, I do. No, it isn't strange. It's really nice. Do you play golf? Uh-huh. Golf, okay. tennis, fish. Uh-huh. I didn't know you were a sportswoman. When, when and where does it happen? Uh, it's going to be in Detroit, August the 6th, 7th, and 8th. And it's um, the Aretha Franklin Celebrity versus the Masters Tournament. Now, w- will it all? Oh, yes. Is this the first one? Uh-huh. Now, will there be... Will there be ladies participating, or is it all men or both? No, it's going to be uh, male and female. You are an un- unbelievable. I didn't embarrass you when I call you a legend. Does that bother you? No. Because I mean that—that that, yeah, there aren't enough words to describe you. Um, this second song is it from? The, is it from the Sparkle album? Mm-hmm. What's it entitled? Um, what is it? Oh, rock, rock something or other. Rock, rock with me. Rock with me. Rock with what do you do if you forget a lyric? I keep stepping. <laughs> keep, keep moving fast? I have that trouble all the time. Do you know once I went to introduce a man, we put 8,000 people on the show, and it was a man I know as well as I know you, and I said, and here he is, and I looked at him, and I had no more idea than Billy Goat what his name was. I did the longest introduction in history. Is that too much? <laughs> no, this will be easy. If you'll stand, I'll take that. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Aretha Franklin. Check it out. This is Jay. S.C. Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 83rd episode of the People's Podcast. This is J.S.C. Radio. Hey now, I am back at it once again. No, you are not rid of me. You never have been. You never will be. I am going absolutely nowhere, damn it. But yes, indeed, we are back once again. This is the 83rd episode of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. Jay Scott Smith here. Thank you so much. Big ups to my man, Awesome Jones. He's got the beat that you hear underneath me right now. Of course, shouts out to my man, Doc Gillingsworth. So much happening with that young man that if this were any other episode, I'd go well into it. I plan on going into it in this episode, but as you can tell from the intro, this is going to be a little bit tougher, tougher show to do, but it's going to be more of a retrospective and to show respect to, of course, the queen, but also to show respect to my man, Doc Ills. I'm going to keep the two separate, so you'll get all the good Doc Illingsworth bit ass on the next show want to thank each and every one of you who supports me on each and every single one of your favorite podcast providers. That includes Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, the original home, Stitcher, Google Play, the TuneIn app, Audio Boom, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, and of course, Spotify. No matter where, no matter what you listen to, my ass is there. So you need to go find it ASAP. Also want to shout out everybody who's checked out the website, jscottsmith.com. Big ups. To those of you, of course, who follow me on the Twitter machine, at J. Scott Smith, where I am verified. Original. I am also on Twitter for the show, at JSC Radio. And apparently that has gotten some traction this week. Thank you, damn it, 
Thank you very much. I also got a lot of love coming out of the ABJ conference. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on during this kind of abbreviated version of the show this week. I'm going to keep it a little bit shorter because the next couple of weeks are going to have a whole lot more action happening. But I wanted to get back on this microphone. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram at J. Scott Smith. Same as the Twitter handle. I'm on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. Original. Because I'm verified on there, too. You can even find me on Medium at J. Scott Smith, where I wrote the companion piece for the last episode, episode 82, talking about Hulk Hogan shamelessly being welcomed back into the WWE's fold as we go into SummerSlam weekend. There's already rumors of him floating around out there, but you know what? That's not for this episode. We're not going to talk about that right now. Probably going to get into that during the retro review, which I know I've been putting that off for almost a couple of months now, but a lot of crazy things have been happening. So kind of playing catch up with just about everything and trying to sit down and take time to do one of those reviews. I've gotten delay after delay after delay, but it's finally coming. I've had a lot of work going on. I got a lot of things happening and some projects coming up as we head into the fall and into football season. So I'm get as much of this shit to you as I possibly can, as soon as I can. And when I do, it'll be right there. We're coming at you live, baby. That's just what we do. So you heard the intro there. It's been a couple of weeks since I've joined you. Because the last I talked to you was episode 82 when I did the show on Hulk Hogan. And I was headed into the National Association of Black Journalists Convention, and that was in the Motor City, Detroit, the place I call home. And I'll give you a quick rundown on that. Because going home for that convention, and those of you that I met there, those of you I've run into while I was there, the, the cast of characters and the regulars I've seen there for the last eight years and the people that I only get to see once a year, because I don't think people understand that NABJ is kind of like, I guess it's kind of like a family reunion of sorts. It's for our journalist family, our media family, our black brethren. This year was special because it was in the Motor City. It was home. And I think because it was at home, it gave me a different perspective. This first one I went to was in San Diego, where I had to go all the way across the damn country. And it was a different feel for me altogether because it might as well have been a foreign country. And over the years, it's been out here in Philadelphia, where the show is currently stationed now. It's been in New Orleans twice. It's been in Boston. It's been in Orlando. Now, it was in Detroit. And I think with Detroit and Minneapolis, can't forget Minneapolis, but Detroit being home, I've told everybody when I was there, it was the first time I didn't have to scout a city before I came out for the convention. Because in this case, I knew what I was getting into. I knew what the hell I was walking into. I knew the neighborhoods I was going to. I knew all the spots. I knew everything else. All I really had to do was be there and just have a ride, which I did. It was good to see family. It was good to see home. It was good to see friends. Most importantly, it was just good to see my city again. And for the first time in my life, really see other people start to embrace Detroit because for so long and so many years and so often, Detroit's been your whipping boy. It has been. Detroit's been the guy that you kick while he's down. I've long said this. I said this when I was a teenager. Detroit is one of the few places where it is okay to kick it while it's down. People take pleasure in kicking us while we're down and mocking us and spitting on us and making fun of us and doubting us. So to see what I saw out there a couple weeks ago was heartening because Detroit was finally starting to be seen and is finally starting to be seen as the city that I've always loved. 
the city that I grew up in, the city that I represent relentlessly. And I will always represent it relentlessly. So to have people from all over the country, just one of the funny things is it was so fascinating seeing how amazed people were at the proximity between Detroit and Windsor, Ontario. Like, they didn't seem to realize that Detroit and Windsor, Ontario are right across from each other. The best way I can describe it, and you saw some of the videos, those of you who follow me on Instagram saw a lot of the videos and some of the stuff from the parties and everything else, is that, for me, that's just always been there. It's always been Windsor. That's just what it is. It's like if you live here in Philadelphia, you're used to going along the Delaware River, you look across the river and there's Camden, New Jersey. I look across the Detroit River, and there's another damn country. You can score one for us on that one. But on some real shit, it's like people were fascinated by that, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Yes, there were some aspects of Detroit that people weren't too keen on. Hell, it's some of the things, same things I'm not too keen on. One of them being, there's not a shopping mall within 10 minutes of downtown Detroit. That's got to be one of the things on your list. Sorry, you got to put one of those on the list at some point. There's got to be a major shopping center down there. That's the next level to go. That's the next level up you got to make. Yeah, you got to get around via car. Yeah, the queue line's got to move a little quicker. And you got to get a little bit more in terms of mass transit happening. F you, Brooks Patterson. But you got to get more of these things going, like ASAP. Because Detroit is like on the verge of some next level type of shit. But you can't just simply rely on the first row of improvements. But that city is markedly different and markedly better than what it was even five years ago when I was running through City Hall, covering it nationally for the GRIO. It's so much different now. And someone who grew up there, it's so much more different than anything I'd ever pictured when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, when I was a college student. It's, it's mind-blowing how different it is. And to see people start to see the Detroit that I love, the Detroit that I talk about, the Detroit that I just cannot get my mind off of, the Detroit that I cannot at any point in time step away from. That is the thing. I, I dig Philly. I really like the East Coast. Detroit's home. I have a deep love for Chicago. Detroit's home. I really dig the West Coast. Detroit is effing home. It's what it always has been and what it always will be. So I don't hesitate to talk about that and to get people out there to Detroit for the convention, to go experience the city, experience the Renaissance Center, find out that we're not a bunch of thugs and savages, to find out the city is not a bunch of ruins and burnt down buildings and abandoned buildings and that there actually is a life burgeoning there. Yes, the city has a, just a myriad of issues that still needs to be handled. Yes, there's way too much division between old Detroit and new Detroit. Yes, people don't seem to understand the meaning of gentrification. You can't gentrify an area where nobody was. You're not pushing anybody out when they left voluntarily 25 and 30 years ago. So you got to understand, there's a lot of things in Detroit that need to be fixed. Crime still needs to get a hell of a lot better. There still needs to be better organization inside of the city offices in, ter in terms of infrastructure. For all the talk of there not being as many abandoned buildings, there are still way too many abandoned buildings. But I also dig where the city is going. The influx of new people, something that the city desperately needs, new blood, an influx of new blood. Sorry, old Detroit, there needs to be new blood.
And yes, a lot of those new cats coming into the city actually do love the city, even though they didn't grow up there. And a lot of you old heads sat around and watched the city turn to shit and did nothing or actively pushed for it to keep going. But that's another conversation for another time. I think the one enduring memory that I'll have of this convention will be the sight of that full hotel lobby at the Renaissance Center at the Marriott after each one of the parties and each of the major events and how busy it was and the energy that, that there was just floating through there. Save for that very first night, every single night of that convention had great weather. It was a great environment. It was a great scene. I got to see my cousin, Richelle Turner, who recently just started a job down in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Richelle, I knew I, you knew I was going to mention you at some point. That girl's my cousin, but she might as well be my sister, and I love her to death. And to have her fully experience the city, plus getting to spend time with my mom and see family and, and dude, it was just great to be home. The Tigers, they, they suck this year. But it was good to be able to watch a Tiger game without having to actually, you know, jump through hoops to do so. Even though they ain't very good. They have to jump through hoops to do so. So it was good to be home. Next year, the convention's down in South Florida, so that's going to be a whole different ball of wax and a whole lot more shenanigans that I may not be ready to, to fully get up for and talk about as of right now, but it'll be something else. So NABJ, thank you for coming to Detroit. I got to put over the podcast a lot. Found out a lot of y'all listen to this damn thing, but some of you, this might be the first time you're listening to it. So welcome. Damn it, welcome. Be sure to check out the other 82 episodes of this thing, plus the specials. And the, and the half episodes, the commentaries. Check all that shit out. Be sure to support the show. Once again, jscottsmith.com. Support the show. Support it, damn it, on whatever your favorite podcast provider is. Tell a friend. Tell two friends, damn it. If you got a lot of friends, tell three. But support this show. So I talked about Detroit there. And this is going to be an abbreviated episode. Been a couple weeks. Got a lot happening around here, but I had to get at you. But... This has been a tough couple of weeks. The last episode dealt with pro wrestling and the amount of time since I've done a podcast, four prominent pro wrestlers have died. Four. Nikolai Volkoff, Brickhouse Brown, Brian Christopher from Too Cool. He was in a couple of the retro reviews. He's actually going to be part of the next one, King of the Ring 98. And Jim the Anvil Neidhart. And... Anvil, his most recent one, is earlier, uh, is earlier this week. Anvil was 63. And when I did the retro review, episode 47, the SummerSlam retro review last year, when I talked about Bret Hart when he won the world title. And at the end of the night, in the ring, the celebration involved Bret, the British Bulldog, Brian Pillman, and Owen Hart. Neidhart wasn't there for whatever reason. But Neidhart had been, would be there for the Survivor Series. And I said at the time of that 1997 Hart Foundation that the only guy left was Bret Hart. Anvil wasn't in the ring at the time, but Anvil was alive. Anvil passed away, so the only member of either version of the Hart Foundation, the 80s version or the 90s version, is Bret Hart. He was 63 years old. He collapsed. He'd been going through the early stages of Alzheimer's. He collapsed and hit his head, and he died on Monday morning. It was kind of a shocking death. And just, it's been tough. It's been a tough week. 
And speaking of shocking deaths, that brings us to the, the woman that you heard in the intro, Miss Aretha Franklin. Now, she had not been well for years. Anybody who had a working set of eyes knew she hadn't been well for years. She'd lost a lot of weight. She'd been sick. She'd cut down on her public appearances, but she was being very secretive about her health and everything else. But we kind of knew something was up. And it got out late during the weekend last weekend that Aretha was uh, in hospice care, grave situation, and she passed away yesterday, Thursday. She was uh, 76 years old. She's one year older than my mom. She's from Detroit, but she's not only simply from Detroit. In a lot of ways, she is Detroit. Aretha Franklin was the, I mean, it's cliche to say it, but it's true. Aretha was the heart and soul of the city of Detroit. She was our essence. She was not simply from Detroit. She was of Detroit. The Detroit and her entered the room before anything else did. She was unapologetically black. She was unapologetically from Detroit. She was real. She was raw. She was honest. And damn it if she wasn't talented. She was amazing. You look at the Pantheon. like the If there were a, Rush, a Mount Rushmore of Detroit, Aretha's face was on it. Right there, front and center. Automatic. First ballot Hall of Famer all the way. You look at Aretha's, and I'm going to make sure I get this right here. You look at Aretha's history. You look at Aretha's accomplishments. Everything that this woman did. Just from an award standpoint. Just from a musical standpoint. She won three American Music Awards, despite only being nominated twice. She won three NAACP Image Awards. She won 17 Grammys, 17. She was only nominated for 14. She was nominated for, she actually won 17. And from 1968 to 1975, she reigned as the best female R&B vocal performance. Plus, for good measure, her rendition of Amazing Grace won her a gospel Grammy in 1973. She was nominated between 1977 and 1987. She was nominated each of those years, getting two more, including 1987 being nominated twice in the same category. So she lost out on one, one on the other. She's long been associated with everything about Detroit because that's who she was. To watch Aretha was watching our city in front of us. She was the soul of Detroit. They called her the queen of soul. In our case, she was simply the soul of the damn city. And everybody who's from Detroit had some connection to Aretha. You gotta think about it sometimes. If you're from Detroit especially, because to know her is to understand what being a Detroiter is like. Aretha was as much a part of Detroit's fabric as the old English D, as the auto industry. She was probably bigger than Motown itself. And if you're from Detroit, especially of a certain age, Aretha is a part of you. Everyone in Detroit had a connection to her. It was either directly or through her father's church, through her kids. I went to Spex Howard, Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts, 2003, 2004. I went to Spex Howard with one of her sons. So we all know someone, or you knew her through her music. When you heard Aretha, you were listening to Detroit. And it didn't make a difference whether she was simply walking down the street, going into stores. I've seen stories from other reporters I know where she would call you directly, even if the story had nothing to do with her. She would call you to ask you questions or express her either pleasure or displeasure at what you wrote. She hit you up like she was your auntie. She reminds me a lot of my aunt, to be perfectly honest with you. 
My grandmother went to her church, went to her father's church, I should say, Reverend C.L. Franklin. Whether it was that, whether she was singing at presidential inaugurations, whether she was singing the national anthem at Lions games, she sang the national anthem prior to game five of the 2004 NBA Finals when the Pistons won their third and to date last NBA title. And the headline in the Detroit Free Press that next morning on June 16th, 2004, was R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Whether it was Aretha showing up to give an amazing rendition of America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 23, but that rendition at WrestleMania 3 in front of 90 plus thousand people at the Pontiac Silverdome, that same WrestleMania 3 that I referenced in the previous episode in episode 82, there are very few enduring moments from that WrestleMania that stand out 30 plus years later. One of them, is Savage versus Steamboat. One of them is Hogan slamming Andre. The third is Aretha sitting there in front of that piano in front of a packed Silverdome and singing America the Beautiful and having that entire place in the palm of her hand. And now, here to sing America the Beautiful, the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin! Yesterday hurt. Yesterday hurt like hell. And we'll grieve for Aretha's family. I feel for her sons. I feel for everybody in her family that's there. You lost a part of you. You lost the most important part. You lost a mother. You lost a grandmother. And it's devastating. We will cherish her memory, but not simply as Detroiters, but as human beings. She had that sort of an effect and an impact. When you think about her commitment to social justice, where she paid Angela Davis's bail back in the 1960s. Think about that. And when you look at today's climate, today's social climate, the thought of the backlash that a major R&B artist, because don't get it twisted. Aretha was that deal. You hear me? Aretha was that deal in 1968. For her to bail out Angela Davis, who was already basically under the crosshairs of Richard Nixon as a terrorist, 
to stand up for her at that time, that says more about her than any song she could possibly write. And yes, she did a lot of great music. Next to James Brown, she's one of the most sampled artists there is. Her voice is legendary. And yeah, many of us, especially my age and younger, know her more for the the elder stateswoman, Aretha Franklin. The diva, Aunt Riri, as a lot of us call her, where when she got older and she got tired and she, she had enough of people's BS, she ain't hesitate to, to lob a little shade here and there. She, that Detroit attitude walks in the room. I keep saying it. She's quintessential Detroit. Like it or not, this is who I am. She had mad confidence. She loved golf, as you heard there in the, in the beginning. Her confidence exudes from her. She was amazing. And she loved herself some Detroit. She loved the city. And the city loved her even more. So, yeah. We as Detroiters will grieve. It hurts. Her funeral arrangements, her funeral services are set for August 34th. Excuse me, August 34th. August 31st. She's so big, she adds three days to the damn month of August. But August 31st. But it's going to be kind of a four-day event in Detroit because what do you do? you got to honor the queen the best way you possibly can. Detroit, we lost a legend. And we were lucky to have had her as long as we did. The world did indeed lose an icon. And my city lost a part of its soul. But just remember this. If you're from Detroit, Aretha is of you. She's a part of you. And to those of you who were fans of Aretha Franklin, always remember this. When you heard Aretha Franklin, Detroit was talking to you. My name is J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. Thank you so much for all your support of this show. Thank you so much for having my damn back out here. Thank you so much, the newcomers, the new faces, the new ears who have been reached by this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Coming up next week, or maybe not next week, but in the next episode, because you know things get a little wonky these days. Episode 84 is the long-awaited retro review. The next time you see a podcast from me pop up on any of your podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Audio Boom, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, or Spotify, it will be the retro review of the 1998 King of the Ring. I've been promising you for two months. I'm giving you that shit, despite the fact that SummerSlam is coming up. But I figure I'm going to hit you with King of the Ring. And I'm going to do a retro review of SummerSlam at some point, probably in September. I got to play catch up here and make it up to you. But until next time, goodbye, everybody. You talk about contenders. One team certainly in the forefront. None other than the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nyhart. There are no other teams. <laughs> Pretty boy. The time has come. <laughs> the time is here. It's now. It's the foundation. We've already <laughs> smashed out and disintegrated the little killer bees. <laughs> that was easy, right, Hitman? And now, oh, it was easy. It was a piece of cake. <laughs> and now, the little British pups. Hold uh, <laughs> on. Pups. Pipsqueak pups. Foreigners. <laughs> Nobody messes with the foundation. And the time has come. <laughs> right, man? <laughs> but I'll yeah. see soon.
Hitman was talking about yes. the hairstyles. Let me ask you, and I know it seems every time you go to the ring, a lot of the fans that begin to chant refer to you as, as Greaseball. Is that what a is that, at What all? has that got to do with anything? It's just nobody's business. What's in my hair? It doesn't matter. We're talking about winners here. We're talking about winning. You're talking about a philosophy of wrestling. You're looking at the greatest team of professional wrestling. And the Bulldogs, you're in trouble. You're running against the Anvil and the Hitman. Strength and skill. There is no Run doubt about it, wrestling Run fans. One of the leading contenders for the Tag Team Championship here in the World Wrestling Federation, the Hart Foundation. You're listening to the People's Podcast. What do you do if you forget a lyric? I keep stepping. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. 